I've got a number of readings um, in the message uh, today, so uh, you may want to have your Bibles out or you may just want to uh, watch them on the screen. Um, But I'm just going to start with a, a reading from Revelation 21, verses 1 to 4. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. I wonder what you're waiting for, or if there's someone you're waiting for. I'm getting really excited. No, not about the World Cup anymore. That's, that's gone. I did start writing this message before Brazil and uh, England went out, but I've scrubbed that out now. But next Saturday, um, I will be at Heathrow Airport. And uh, there's been a time of preparation, mainly done by Hermie, as the house is getting back into order. And obviously, most of you will know, Karis and Steve are coming back for Christmas. And I've, as a missionary kid, obviously I, I was brought up in Brazil. If you don't know why I support Brazil as a football team, I spent my early years in Brazil. As a, um, and my parents were missionaries there. And we spent so much time at ports, initially, Tilbury Docks. There's a photograph of me as a toddler sitting on my tiny suitcase as we waited for the boat to take us. I spent lots of time at airports because we would travel there and back and and then go and meet family and friends. I always get excited about going to airports because you know that you're either going to meet somebody you love or you're going somewhere which is special. And the last time um, Karis and Steve came, uh, we were there at uh, Heathrow Airport again, looking up at the boards and watching. I just love watching people arrive, you know, in those wonderful reunions. People, I, you know, some people have been really cool about it, just carrying their bag really cool. Oh, hi. And then there's others who just run into people's arms. I just love it. And we saw on the board, delayed. Yeah. It's really sad. Not only that, because the parking goes up like astronomically, you know. Okay, it's all, it's all worth it. And then you see on the board it says landed, wonderful. And then in the baggage hall. And then finally they appear. And it's just the most wonderful. You catch that first glimpse. Who can catch the first glimpse as they come through the doors? Goodbyes and hellos. I've had so many of them. And often, um, I just think about heaven. This year, we've said goodbye as a church to some precious ones. 
part of our family. But I know that others have been saying, welcome home. We are waiting for the greatest arrival of all. Jesus is coming soon. Advent is a time when we prepare for the wonder of Christmas. We have chocolate-filled counting devices at home. I don't know if you've got one of those. They're called Advent calendars. I will tell you the joke I told at Living Waters. Why are Advent calendars getting hard to find? Because their days are numbered. Thank you. You can share that one. Came out of a cracker. We have candles uh, that count down till Christmas Day. Christmas Day, two weeks today. Are you ready? Are you prepared? But this week, I was looking at the word Advent. And it comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. I know you're all up on your Latin. It's, it's good. And that, that Latin word is a translation of a Greek word, which is parousia. I don't know if you've ever heard of that word either. Parousia, which is a word used uh, to mean coming or arrival of a notable or special person. And certainly from early Christian times, it has meant the coming of Jesus for the second time. We associate Advent now with preparation for Christmas, celebrating Jesus' birth and incarnation, but actually, initially, Advent was to look forward to the second coming of Jesus. And there are over 300 references in the New Testament to the second coming of Jesus. So I'm going to just share with you a few. Revelation 1, behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. From Paul, for the Lord himself would descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of the archangel and the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so we will always be with the Lord." In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. Jesus said, for as lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. From Hebrews, so Christ, having been offered once to bear sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin but to bring salvation to those who are eagerly waiting for him. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. And then from Peter, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar. And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and, its, and the works that are done on it will be exposed. But we know our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. From Titus, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus again, when the Son of Man comes in glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. And then when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Just a few of those references to the second coming of Jesus. The church was preparing for the second coming of Jesus from the very earliest days. If you read the works of the Apostle Paul, all his writings, the earlier works are expecting Jesus fairly soon. And then as he gets toward the end of his life, he kind of says, well, you know, it it extends a bit. But ever since, the church has been prepared for the second coming of Jesus or preparing. The Apostles' Creed, one of the earliest statements of faith, says these things about what we believe. The creed means believe. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried, descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. He will come again. So I want to focus just for a few minutes this morning on this aspect of Advent, the second coming of Jesus. We know that if we die, and we will all die, unless Jesus comes back while we're still alive, but we know that we are going to be with Jesus. He's promised it. And then the Bible says that we who believe in Jesus will be welcomed into his presence into what the theologians called an intermediate heaven, where he is. Because when, as I was growing up, I had the impression that, you know, this was before I was a believer, that actually when you die, heaven, you go to heaven and then, you know, but actually the more I read the New Testament when I became a believer was actually heaven is coming down to earth. That actually, uh, to agree with um, Tom Wright, the great theologian of our days, he says, we as Christians believe in life after life after death. And we believe that we'll be with Jesus when we die because of his promise to that thief who turned to him in faith as he died. You know Jesus crucified between two criminals. One hurled insults at him. The other, with the last breath of his life, says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today. Today you will be with me in paradise. And that's why the apostle Paul is happy to face death when he talks about that. Because he knows that it will be better by far to be with Christ, but happy to stay. And Paul, who perhaps is one of the most eloquent writers that that has ever lived. Just read from 1 Corinthians 13, his description of love. It's the most eloquent things that a human being has written. He, when he had a glimpse of heaven, and he didn't know if he was in the body or out of the body, he had an experience 
caught up into paradise, he said, I heard inexpressible things. Now, this is a man who knows how to put things into words. He heard inexpressible things and things that he was not permitted to tell. That's from 2 Corinthians 12. And then as we read through particularly the book of Revelation, we have those glimpses as John sees just a a window into that heavenly scene. From Revelation 5, 10,000 times 10,000 angels. How many angels is that? Is that 100 million? Something like that? I'll let you do the maths. 100 million angels? Can't imagine, can you? Then in Revelation 7, the great multitude that no one can count, all the saints had gone before us. In Hebrews chapter 12, it speaks of a great cloud of witnesses. Gives that impression that they're cheering us on to go for Jesus, to live for Jesus. Then there's pictures of the persecuted church, those who have been martyred for their faith in Jesus, praying and crying out to God for justice on the earth. Just those glimpses of the heavenly scene. And even our prayers, as we've prayed together today, there's that beautiful picture in Revelation 5 and 8 of our prayers ascending to the very throne. Often we sometimes think our prayers just disappear or they hit the ceiling. But no, they ascend to the very throne of God. They are heard But the reminder today from Scripture is this heaven, this intermediate state, this being with Jesus now is not our final destination, not our final hope. We believe in life after life after death. We will be raised to a new life at the resurrection, raised with physical bodies, resurrection bodies. We don't know quite what they will be like. The only kind of hint we have is Jesus' resurrection body, As he was raised from the dead, he was yet physical. They could touch him, they could eat with him, yet he could appear through walls and appear in different places. A body that was still earthly but heavenly as well. We live for God. And we live with the expectation that God is going to make all things new. And then there's this wonderful picture of heaven joining earth. I was talking recently with somebody about um, this aspect of Christian faith. He's not a Christian yet. And he was saying, how how are are we all going to fit on the earth? I said, I have no idea. No idea how. Although, you know, people estimate that half the people who uh, ever lived are alive today. I don't know the accuracy of that. But when I said, actually, the whole of heaven is coming too, we need to expand our horizons, the whole of heaven joining earth. Isn't that incredible? And Jesus will come, as we were reminded in one of the readings, not to bear sin, he's done that, but to bring salvation to those who are coming. In Jesus, we remember at the incarnation, heaven touching earth. But at the second coming of Jesus, heaven will come and be joined to the earth. 
a new heaven, a new earth. We don't know. There are hints in Peter that the, the earth will be dissolved. We sometimes have it in hymns. I'm, I don't know. Peter and Paul seem to have different just thoughts on that, whether it be a whole new creation from scratch or whether it be renewed earth with heaven. We don't get a brochure on that. But this is the truth, that when Jesus returns, although we're going to meet him in the air, our eternal home will be the new heaven and the new earth. We're not going to be airlifted out just to sit on clouds and play our harps. And four times in the book of Revelation, Jesus says he's coming soon. I don't know how you interpret soon. But one thing I do know, if we had a board with the arrivals coming, it would say, on time. Not delayed. No, no. On time. The king is coming back to bring his kingdom in all its fullness. Recreate a new heaven, new earth. And that's what's shown us in those last chapters of Revelation. The Bible clearly tells us that Jesus is coming back to make all things new. And maybe we see it as that sort of passage in Peter about the earth being, you know, destroyed or things being burnt up as like a farmer prepares his field by burning the stubble, preparing for a sowing of a fresh harvest meaning the rebirth of the universe, the renewal of all things. He says, I will make all things new. And when Jesus comes again, we will inherit eternal life. And the Lord promises that this new heaven and new earth will not be like the first earth. there will be a list of no mores that we read together in chapter 21. I love the no mores. There'll be no more pain. Those of you who live with pain will know what that hope might seem like. There'll be no more mourning. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more death. There will be no more danger. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more dementia. There will be no more evil. There will be no more injustice. There will be no more poverty. There will be no more hunger. Because the old order of things will pass away. These things do not belong on the new earth and the new heaven. The old order of things has passed away. He makes all things new. And this new creation for sin and death and the devil will have been dealt with once and for all. And because the last Adam, Jesus, has dealt with the curse as we sang earlier, as he died on the cross to pay for our sin and gave his life for us. Death defeated through his resurrection. We are seated with him in the heavenly realms through his ascension, but await his coming again. And the wonderful picture that we were given is that he will be with us and dwell with us. I wonder if you've ever pondered that. You know, he is with us now. We know that. He, he is with us by his Holy Spirit. But there is still this 
this gap, but there will be no more gap, for we will see him as he is. And God will walk with us once again. Not If you have that picture of Genesis of God walking with Adam and Eve in the garden, he will walk with his church, his people, his bride, his family, his children. The people of God are described as a huge city, the new Jerusalem. If you're good at dimensions, when it describes the, the new Jerusalem, it's massive. And that great multitude from every nation, all believers, all those who have gone before us in faith. From the Old Testament, New Testament, and since. And we will inherit what we were truly made for. We were made as an outlet of his heart and his love to be in relationship with him. And it will be made perfect. He will dwell with us and we will be with him. On that day, we will be awoken if we need to be awoken, finding ourselves out of the reach of death and tears and pain ever again. My travels among the persecuted church have made me more aware of heaven because these things are so important to them that this earth is not all there is. Think of all the evil injustice in our world. It will be no more when Jesus comes again. So in a way, for believers, this is the worst it gets. And that's why we proclaim Jesus to people today. Because for those who refuse Jesus, this is the best it gets. We've just finished the Alpha course. It's quite a small one this time, but wonderful to just encounter people and answer their questions and see people move along on that journey of faith. That was our 55th course consecutively. We start again in the spring. Be praying about that. Who you might invite. Who you might think would say yes to an invitation. Even if they, you think they'll say no, why not ask? Jesus is coming again, not to take us away from the earth, but to bring heaven down to a new earth. Heaven and earth joined together. This is thrilling and amazing news. Dwell on it. We have a hope that goes beyond this life that is sure and steadfast. That's why Paul can encourage the Thessalonians about life after death. Encourage one another with these words. Know that you are loved by Almighty God. If only we knew, if only we fathomed how much he loved us. Pray for that revelation that you might know how much he loves you. Jesus is coming. And so we serve him by the power of his Holy Spirit, seeking to bring his kingdom in small ways and large as we can. I'm so, 
I've said this before, but just week by week, we see the kingdom coming. You may not perceive it, but we see the kingdom coming week by week. We had our busiest food bank day on Friday that I've ever been part of. We were nonstop giving food out to people, sharing the love of Jesus. We wish we wouldn't have to do it. We wish that food banks didn't exist. There won't be any food banks in heaven. But thank God that his church is at the forefront of providing food for people who have nothing. Welcoming all the Ukrainian families this week to share a Christmas meal and to share with them just how much they're loved by God. The way that we're investing in young people and children is so important. We know that one day there'll be no more poverty, hunger, or injustice, but we make a stand for these things here on earth. And then the one thing that we will continue to do on earth in heaven is to worship him. The glimpses that John has of of the visions of heaven include worship surrounding the throne. And when we come to worship, whether we come together or we worship at home or we worship on our own, we're just saying to God, we love you, God. And we're so grateful for all that you've done for us. A day is coming when the Lord will declare all things new. As we seek to bring the hallmarks of the age to come into the present age, we have this hope. Jesus is coming back and we are invited to the greatest celebration of all. And we pray with the early church. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Amen. Let's pray together.